Have you ever wanted to discover what's missing in your life? Metaphysics is available to all and is part of your life even if you don't know it. Welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil with Barb Crowley. Together we'll explore the mysteries behind metaphysics and how to use it to have a deeper understanding and advantage in life. And now here's your host, Barb Crowley. Hi, this is Barb Crowley and welcome to Metaphysics, a view through the veil. Today, I have the honor of having back again Brigitte Mars. Brigitte is a well-known, world-renowned herbalist up in Boulder, Colorado. And we actually know each other now for almost 30 years. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, And she is the author of, what is it, like 16 books, 17? Mm -hmm. Wow. And um, her newest book uh, which she's bringing out, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health, the Natural First Aid Handbook, is what we're going to talk about today. But I want to tell you, too, that uh, Brigitte is a uh, master teacher. She she works at Naropa University, Colorado School of Clinical Herbalism, as well as teaching all over the country, um, including the Mayo Clinic, which is huge. Um She's a founding and professional member of the American Herbalist uh, Guild. Thanks so much for being back. I I love talking to you. You're always so full of information, and, and it's so exciting. So uh, thanks for being back. And before we came on, we were actually talking about how everything New Age is actually old. <laughs> so you want to start with that? <laughs> you know, I a friend of mine opened up an office and I said, I'd be happy to do a little feng shui consultation mm-hmm. for you to help ensure. And he said, Brigitte, I'm not really into that new age stuff. And I said, new age, like <laughs> feng shui is thousands of years old. And we could say the same thing about herbal remedies, about color therapy, light therapy. I mean, all of these things, crystal therapy, mm-hmm. all of these things. People think, oh, that's new age. These are really ancient methods that people use for their survival, for enhancement of their health, um, for success in love, business, etc. So I feel like we're just resurrecting. But now we also have the ability to even like look at the science of it and see that the ancients were really right about a lot of things. Amazingly so, yeah. I you know when. When I look back to the pyramids and to some of the things they put on the walls, I think, oh, my God, you know, um, how have we gotten so dumb? (laughs) Isn't that weird? But we seem to have gotten very dumb. I think we've been bombarded with so many things from fluoride in the water, junk food, toxic media infiltrating us, um, Mm, you know, a lot of things. I mean, so many, it's said that the average American recognizes over a thousand logos and the products mm-hmm. they're associated with, however, less than five plants or five birds in their area. It's like, right. uh huh. So, and I'm going to go for the one that every herbalist tells me is their favorite dandelion. Yes, I just um, have written a book called Dandelion Medicine. Also, oh, did you? Yeah, because every herbalist, I'll say, what's your favorite dandelion? <laughs> I were going to another planet. I would bring dandelion, nettles, and cannabis with me because they all grow very easily, and they can provide so many things: you know, food, medicine, 
um, you know, dye for clothing and, you know, the list is great and they survive adversity. So they probably would grow on a difficult climate. Actually, dandelion is the only thing I can grow and I seem to have tried everything else. But um, tell me, what are the properties of dandelion that would would ensure a, a you know, a seed on your rocket to another place. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, if we think of it, um, Barbara, like dandelions survive adversity. And, you know, talking about how dumb people have gotten, mm-hmm. yeah. also gotten really weak because we're eating plants that are maybe in the ground weeks ago that have to be shipped long distances and that mm-hmm. die with the first frost. And if we look at the dandelion, it truly is a Jedi survival plant. It survives the frost. It survives the snow. Nobody plants it. Nobody waters it. Nobody weeds it or mulches it. And it still grows. And every part of it is useful. You can eat the leaves. The leaves are diuretic. They're very nourishing, high in iron, beta carotene, magnesium. The flowers are high in lutein, which is good for your eyes. The root is good for um, clearing old stored negative emotions out of your body. It also is a good liver detoxifier, good for skin. And I learned when teaching in Iceland that you can even boil the stems in hot water and then strain it and then saute it with, uh, you know, olive oil or butter and garlic and salt and make dandelion noodles. Oh, wow. (laughs) Dandelion medicine has all kinds of, um, recipes and remedies. Um, so that's really good. And, and you can, I'm sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. The fact that it grows easily and it survives adversity, it can grow through the cracks in a sidewalk. It survives being stepped on. It survives the dog pee. I mean, right. this plant <laughs> is going to help us adapt to chemtrails and pollution. Really? Mm-hmm. I was just all said about so we can go right outside our door and just pick it. And then you said dog pee, and it, you stopped me cold. <laughs> well, you know, maybe better in the, the backyard than the front yard. And, you know, if you have a pet, that's a choice. You're choosing yeah. a pet yeah. and choosing wild edible plants. So I currently don't have a pet. I've had cats before. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, there's still plenty places where dandelions grow. Right. Um, and, you know, I have a couple of neighbors who say, I'm not going to mow till after your class has been through here to collect. And then I bring them some dandelion quiche and some dandelion muffins and some dandelion, uh, you know, uh, salad. And they say, your yard is my yard. So what a great neighborly thing to have. Yeah, it is fabulous. Um, and the mental health you mentioned with dandelion as well. And that's quite a bit of your new book, Mental and Emotional yes. Health. So, um, which so we're, in, we're in need of, yeah. Because uh, dandelion helps to detoxify the liver. You know, so many people suffer from depression. Mm-hmm. Um, saying wherever two or more are gathered, one is probably on antidepressants. And yeah. uh, I don't think that Western medicine is really caught up to the Asian principles of medicine that a lot of times depression has to do with an overburdened or toxic liver. And so dandelions, by helping the liver unload and move stagnation, help to improve fat assimilation, um, it's really going to help brighten our moods. It's certainly not the only herb for depression. I think of lemon balm and St. John's wort and lavender. 
But dandelions, you know, one of the things I say is it's good for people that are overburdened with chemicals in their environment. Mm -hmm. um, I think that the message of the dandelion is I'm everywhere. Use me lots. Use me regularly. It actually helps to aerate the soil. So I just see that by using these plants that are really strong, it can help to strengthen us and to, you know, we're all hearing we should support local farmers and local businesses. We're so dependent on things being trucked in from far away. And uh, dandelions actually are good for your lawn because they help aerate the soil. And for thousands of years, farmers have said, where the dandelions grow, that's a good place to put the garden because they actually improve the health condition of your soil. Wow. Now, why is our liver so toxic at this point? And, well, so you know, I'm talking U.S. because I don't, you know, know okay. what's going on in the world. Well, I think, that, you know, around the world, we could say that, you know, our liver likes the sour flavor. So mm -hmm. that old fashioned folk remedy, starting your day with lemon and water, eating more berries. Our liver also likes greens. So mm -hmm. eating dandelion greens as well as, you know, kale and arugula and all of those wonderful greens for the liver. And our livers get really injured by eating fried foods and chips. Fried okay. foods and chips because they reheat the oil over and over again. You think it's just French fries, but that oil might have been constantly bubbling for days and days. And when oil gets reheated over and over again, it produces free radicals, which mm -hmm. are not just people that live in Boulder or are on the Bob Cr Barb Crowley show. Um, <laughs> yeah. It congests our liver and then the liver can't break down hormones. Um, mm -hmm. But again, fried foods, chips, eating things we're allergic to. Um, we could also look at not only are people dealing with their own hormones, but if they're eating commercial meat, eggs, milk, they're yeah. getting the drug hormones that the animals are being fed to make them get fat faster, mature quicker, and produce more milk. And also the, the animals are on antibiotics. Mm -hmm. So all yeah. drugs ultimately, are, all pharmaceutical drugs are ultimately going to be hard on the liver. But we could say, um, you know, pesticides, uh chemicals that we're breathing in that are in our water all of that is stressing out the liver and so the liver is said to correspond to the emotions of anger and depression mm -hmm. one of the remedies for those is creativity and i think that a lot of people like they're you know they don't know how to sew on a button much less knit a scarf or make a pair of socks but if we think about our ancestors who did not have the rate of alzheimer's and mental deficiency of course they might not have lived as long i was just were, wondering about that <laughs> yeah is that an age thing well it's an age thing but i also you know i was making a a, a quilt for my daughter and my mom calls and said what are you doing i said oh i'm uh, making a purple velvet quilt for sunflower my oldest daughter. And she said, why don't you just buy her a blanket at Target? And yeah, I said, because yeah. they don't sell mama love at Target. And so when I make something for a child or grandchild, like that is being made with prayer and intention and mm -hmm. love. And I love to feel like I'm blanketing them with something that is going to have lasting value. And uh, we had a evacuation for one of the many fires that have happened recently. And my right. daughter 
first thing was like grab all the blankets the grammar made that was like save the blankets so don't <laughs> if you, if you have one of those blankets don't just give it to goodwill some uh you know person worked for so many hours to make that right. and probably put loving intentions into it mm -hmm. i have a few family ones that were made by family and they are important they're very important um so so and that's something I've noticed in the psychic work, that creativity moves energy and people are are stuck. You know, the energy's not moving. And I never put it together with physical. You know, I always lo looked at it as, as um, you know, just energy and creativity. And it doesn't matter what it is, as long as you're creative and you can drop into that creative space. And that moves energy, which is what we seem to need a lot of, quite a lot so, of. And keeping our hands active, you know, <laughs> helps to connect us to our brain and our hearts. So, you know, on New Year's Day, um, instead of like, you know, being hung over because we drank too much the night before, but, we always have a vision board making party. So I pull out all these like, you know, old calendars and cards and magazines and people bring their own and everyone makes a collage to um, really activate what they want to bring into the new year. And I'll mm -hmm. tell you, one of my friends, she really wanted a baby and she had like a picture of like a little baby in her collage and her baby looked just like that picture. So <laughs> oh, that's wild. It was hers, right? <laughs> she didn't pick it up someplace. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, it could be something that you sell, you know, it could just be yeah. writing poetry or journaling or playing an instrument rather than mm -hmm. just listening to somebody else's music. I, I really try to encourage people to have something portable that's creative, right. um, like sketching. And so I go to a lot of parties because I have a really young partner who's a musician and mm -hmm. um, I end up going to a lot of parties and I don't want to overeat or over, and I don't drink and I don't want to over, you know, any of that. I don't want to yeah. overdo it. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to bring my crochet with me and I'm going to sit there and like then all the rock stars come over and say, boy, I want to learn how to do that. And yeah. I really think other than like, you know, uh -uh, always having to have your hands busy, mm -hmm. you know, the knit one, pearl two or single crochet, yeah. double crochet. Yeah. Activating your brain and your hands, you're building your self-esteem, and you've got something lovely that's going to probably last longer than you. I have to admit that one of my freest moments was realizing that I could crochet without having to make anything. I could actually just do it for as long as I wanted to do it and then put it down, you know, and it was very freeing to me that I didn't have to, that it wasn't an obligation, that it had to turn out to be something. I could just do it to do it. That was a very freeing moment for me. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, tell me, tell me about uh, essential oils. Okay. Well, Essential oils are said to be the soul of the plant. Mm -hmm. And so many of them. And you see them in, you know, health food stores and gift stores. So think about this. I even Let's, have them and don't know quite what they okay. are. Yeah. Well, really, so they're, um, they're not really oily. They're made by usually steam distillation. Mm -hmm. And so let's say you're like really stressed out. Like, oh, my God, we do know that breathing more deeply and fully is good for our consciousness. And so when you smell an essential oil, 
I have lavender, which I know is not your favorite, but I also, yeah. if I look over, <laughs> I have rosemary. So here's what you do. Your nasal cavities are in such close proximity to your brain. Mm-hmm. So let's say you're studying. You could smell an essential oil while you're studying or reading. And then when you have to go and make a presentation or do your book report or something, um, if you smell that oil again, it's going to help to help you recall where you stored that information. So your brain. Yeah. So my you know daughters and my grandchildren like when you're studying for the spelling test smell rosemary and they say okay and then okay but we can't bring a bottle of essential oil into the classroom no but you could put some on your hair you could put some on your sleeve um you know i've i worked with someone who was in a coma one time and i put it on their mustache so he was like breathing rosemary because shakespeare said via Ophelia in Hamlet, there's rosemary for remembrance. Pray thee, love, remember. And so when you smell something, it goes right to your brain and it can affect your hormones, your energy. We know that all the essential oils are antimicrobial. So, you know, during the COVID time when, you know, we had to wear masks, whether you, you know, wanted to or not, and I was working in a pharmacy, I found, well, if I put some essential oils on the mask, it's a little more pleasant, but it's also adding an antimicrobial force field that's protecting me from, you know, all the pathogens that I'm probably inhaling from working in a pharmacy where all the sick right. people come. Right, um, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Now, can you tell what you need to use by the smell? So let's say, well, I just discounted my thing is I don't like lavender. We talked about this a little bit before we got on lavender to me and people are love lavender or hate lavender. They're kind of split. And I don't like lavender. It smells very chemically to me. So my, I would immediately reject it, but can you tell what you need by smell? In other words, if it smells good, this is what you should use, or is it best to come to an herbalist or someone who will prescribe? Not prescribe, you know, that's a bad word. <laughs> that is a really good question, Barb. And I will say that no matter what the books say, very mm-hmm. often if you have a negative memory about a particular essential oil, um, you know, maybe lavender reminds you of, oh, the time I burned myself or the time that, you know, I had a mean babysitter who used to like, you know, torture me and she smelled like lavender. No matter yeah. what the books say, it could create something called aro memories where, the smell reminds us of something. You know, clove oil um, might remind people of going to the dentist, for example. Mm-hmm. So it is really important that you like what you smell. And, you know, when it comes to relationships, I always mm-hmm. tell my students, if you don't really like the way they smell, this person that you're like nuzzling in the neck, and we're not yeah. talking about garlic breath or morning breath or they just went on a run. If you don't basically like the way they smell, it's probably not going to work as a relationship. So smell is very, very personable or personal. And so, you know, rather than what a book says, um, it's real, it is really personal. And so, you know, you could say rose is wonderful to feel loving and empathetic. Mm-hmm. But again, a lot of it's going to be tied into your memories and we might forget what someone looks like, what they sound like, but smell, you know, I, I, You'll one remember. of my, friends, was an aromatherapist, like, you know, the, the smell of, 
perfumes that were popular in the 60s, like J.D. East or English leather. It, you know, kind of mm -hmm. gives her like a flashback of slow dancing <laughs> boys in the gym, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Where they actually oiled up all the wood in there. Yeah. Yeah. How, what would you use in today's world? We all know there's so much stress and anxiety and fear and anger, you know, and, and look, you know, low mood or depression, which are some of the things you talk about at the beginning of your book, the rebalancing. And we just seem to be so, um, it's kind of hard to find happy people. <laughs> You know, just generally happy people. I know it so, sounds terrible, but yeah. Oh, you know, in, in my book, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health, we also have a whole section on things you can do to be happier. And so what we try to illustrate is that there's so many things that can affect us. We can choose to eat in a healthful way. And I'm big on eating all the colors of the rainbow, as well as eating all the flavors. American diet is basically sugary and salty, but we've turned sugar and salt into a drug, basically a white crystalline powder. We've removed all the minerals that naturally occur in sugar and salt. Salt right. and sugar, um, that go, the, the minerals go into the molasses, and with salt, they sell the minerals to the vitamin company. So the salty and sugary flavor aren't really nourishing the way they used to be. So we want to remember sour is good for the liver. A little bit of bitter is good for the heart. A little bit of pungent is really good for the lungs and the emotion of grief. Um, so color, flavor, what we eat, we can look at how we decorate. You know, if you go home to a dirty, dingy place with, you know, roaches and old oh, spaghetti, geez. <laughs> well, that's creepy. Yeah. That's yeah. depressing. And so I also talk about in the book, uh, feng shui things you can do. Let's say there's a part of your life that's not working. You want to attract love. This weekend, I had a client who was um, wanting to buy a piece of property. And I said, put any paperwork you have in the wealth corner. Um, mm -hmm. You know, you're signing a contract. Put that until the deal is done, which is the furthest left diagonally from the main door. You know, and the people say, my relationship's in the tubes. Uh, the, the, so the, the relationship corner is, yeah. or down the tubes, the furthest diagonal corner from the main door and the right. But what do you have there? The the cat litter box, the, you know, oh. the garbage <laughs> can, your dirty laundry. And so knowing a little bit about the ancient art of feng shui might helpful. And then I also, you know, recommend that people use color. So when we're mm -hmm. really stressed, blue's a good color to wear. Um, you know, I, I see a lot of people depressed and they just, I'm so depressed and they're just wearing gray all the time and the right. weather's gray outside and their house is messy. But we can, you know, another way we could look at is we do, this has been scientifically proven that light also enters our eyes. Right. And you talk about light and dark. Yeah. Our pineal gland. So ideally we want to get outdoors in full spectrum light for a few minutes a day. I'm not saying, you know, go sunbathing or go, you know, water skiing without sun protection, but um, ideally a little bit of full spectrum light because how many people uh, go to work in the dark are under fluorescent lighting all mm -hmm. day long and come home in the dark. And then at night when they're trying to sleep, 
you know, there's the cell phone charger, there's the smoke alarm, there, maybe they're charging their computer right. in the room, which they really shouldn't be doing. So I'm big on making, getting full spectrum light during the day and at night, making your room totally dark. Um, and since that's sort of not always possible because, you know, the sunlight and the, the moonlight and the stars, but wearing iPads at night. Um, you know, Can your body take in that light through? Because, you know, I'll wear an eye mask on occasion, and I put electrical tape over all those little lights. They just annoy me, you know, so I cover everything. <laughs> but, well, you know, I've wondered, though, um, even though I'm wearing an, an eye mask, is it my body taking in the light through my skin? It's true. It's true. So even though you've covered it up, if there's still lights on, you know, your neck is showing or your thyroid or your feet or something. Yeah, yeah. your skin is also light receptive. So it is still coming in. I wondered about that. And I feel like in, in our world, I live in Denver. So I've been, not downtown, but in what I call Urbia, <laughs> in Denver with the yard, you know, and the light pollution is unbelievable. I mean, there are times where I could actually read a book from my neighbor's light, which is crazy. You know, it's just unbelievable how much light we have. We have all night long. And, you know, you know they have the light on because they want to, you know, catch burglars and right. they want more security. But, you know, but we're also thanking them for the light. <laughs> also impairing our ability to see the stars. Mm -hmm. Um you know, in Crestone, Colorado, they have an event called Starry Starry Night because they're really committed to having low light pollution. And you can yeah. actually see more stars. You also see more UFOs um, out right. there. They have UFO That San Luis Valley is just like, oh, my God, on a hotbed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, you know, but I've looked at that and thought, how much, how damaging is this? And I wondered about it coming in through my skin, where my whole body's recognizing the light. Yeah. Um, so do you believe that we should be going to bed when the sun goes down? Or, you know? I well, mean, you know, there's a, a saying in Chinese medicine that an hour of sleep before midnight is worth two hours of sleep after midnight. But, you know, I just have way too much energy to go to bed. And there's sometimes, right. you know, at night it's quieter. It's a good time to read or write or record, hang out mm -hmm. with friends. Um, but I, so I can't say that I personally do that. However, um, I want to say that also because depression is such an important factor, right. the liver regenerates between 1 a.m. and 3 a.m. So if you're always awake during 1 a.m. and 3 a.m., you're probably drugging or drinking. You're probably exposed to a lot of artificial light. Um, right. Barb, I don't know if you're old enough to remember this, but I know when I was growing up, the at midnight, the TV just went. Yeah, I remember. Until the morning. <laughs> but now we've got yeah. like 500 stations of junk programming to watch right. and sell and buy and all that. Mm -hmm. um, we, you know, the internet and all that. So I really do, um, you know, want to be asleep mostly between 1 and 3 a.m. And if you're always waking up between 1 and 3 a.m., that could also be a sign that your liver is trying to talk to you and telling you what you're doing isn't working. Um, right. So, you know, I, I'm going to say, yes, in theory, it is good to be aligned with the natural rhythms of the earth. Um, mm-hmm. 
but and I do like to get up and I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it's very seasonal too you know yeah. in winter you want to you know sleep nest in a <laughs> yeah um I have been going through a change lately in my sleep habits for whatever weird reason and I am up you know, I, I'm having trouble sleeping. And last night from your book, I did the yoga and I, I can't pronounce it. You know, Nidra. that. Yeah. Nidra breathing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the whole, um, I went online and had somebody say it for me, but I saw it in your book and it's relaxing the whole body. And that's, you know, the first time I slept last night. And that oh. was after hours of trying and tossing. Not enough energy to get up and do anything, but not relaxed enough to sleep. Well, in uh, my book, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health, let me share a few other ideas on yeah, helping Yeah, that'd be sleep. great. So one is to get ready for the next day the night before because you know you can lay there and think oh my god my clothes are going to be all wrinkled they're in the dryer i don't have uh you know milk from my husband's coffee right, and, i uh, forgot to take the garbage yeah <laughs> out of cat food um I, I like to look at the weather and lay mm -hmm. out my clothes and for those of you that are parents of teenagers i think we would have a lot less trauma in the morning rather you're not going to school dressed like that yeah, if we yeah. saw it the night before so i'm going to say i'm going to lay out my clothes i'm going to see what am i doing tomorrow by looking at my day planner um, do i have the link um, do I have the, you know, the right paperwork in order? I'm going to maybe put it in place. And then there's less to worry about. And rather than like, oh, I need to call somebody rather than thinking about it all night. Oh, I need to remember to like call mm -hmm. my accountant or make a, you know, H&R block appointment. Uh, right. If it's written down, then I can let go of it. Okay, so that helps a lot. And then, you know, creating some kind of ritual like an aromatherapy bath before bed. Um, where you soak in the bathtub. Oh, that's so relaxing. And if you don't like lavender essential oil, you could add seven drops of chamomile essential oil. I'm also big on not eating and drinking three hours before bed because eating is fuel. And mm -hmm. like if I eat something before bed, that's like giving me more energy to be more productive. And of course, as we get older, the drinking before bed makes us have to get up to go to the bathroom right, more. Right. It's going to interrupt our sleep. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, maybe sip of water or um, so I'm going to say right after dinner, do all your dental hygiene, floss, brush, water pick, whatever. And then say the kitchen is closed. And then, you know, sleep with an eye mask, make the room dark. Now, there's a lot of herbal remedies that can help you sleep. And many of them will have in them uh, valerian, kava kava, passion flower, skull cap, maybe chamomile hops. Um, and I want to say that a lot of those things you can buy at the health food store, they'll be very conservative on the dose. The, the, then I say take two tablets before bed. I'm going to tell you I might take four or five. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also find CBD helps, but ideally we shouldn't have to take anything. Um, right. And so I try to vary it. Maybe there's an herbal remedy. Maybe another day I use a homeopathic remedy like mm -hmm. Comspray. I've also found some of your listeners might like this because dreaming is a wonderful opportunity for the subconscious to clear itself and maybe even inspire and maybe even increase our ability to you know, know what's coming down the pipes next. So I have in my um, 
bed a sachet of rosemary and artemisia, um, also known as uh, wormwood or mugwort. mugwort okay, good. It? Yeah, I didn't know that word to use. Yeah, mugwort, I know. <laughs> I have a little sachet of that, and I'll tell you, since I've had that in the bed between myself and my partner, we are having so many dreams. It's like you got to tell wow. somebody about this. And, you know, of course... I, I don't always take the dreams so seriously, mm -hmm. but you know, very often they can be uh, opportunity to have self reflection and say, "Yeah, what is what is this trying to tell me? Should I?" And if it keeps reoccurring, maybe we really should be paying attention to it. So um, now you could also make a little sachet of hops, um, and hops is the only other member of the Cannabaceae family, so it's a relative of cannabis. But hops, you know. It can uh, help you to sleep. Abraham Lincoln is said to have had a hop sachet in his bed. And so um, hops, yeah, could relax you, help you to sleep better. So there's many herbal allies. Melatonin is a hormone. So I'm less likely to use a hormone to help me sleep. That might be good for an occasional thing like you're flying uh, across the continents or across the ocean mm -hmm. or something. But I, I'd rather use an herb that's been used by millions of people for thousands of years than, you know, something that was like created in a lab or grown, you know, that maybe has been around for, you know, 50 years rather than thousands of years. So. Right, right. How, how about because people, you know, the amount of people taking medications, you know, prescribed you know, is is phenomenal. So, how do people know they can in, they can use the herbs? What about the interaction? I know Commission well, I, E used to have a book out that talked mm -hmm. about all the interaction. People tell me that Commission E has lost a lot of power, maybe even disbanded. I'm not sure. I don't know. I know people who worked on that project, but um. You know, in my book, I do talk about cautions like don't use with high blood pressure or don't combine with um, heart medicine or not for people mm -hmm. with high blood pressure. So, again, you know, it's good to consult with a herbalist, but I do think ideally you should have a competent health professional that you can talk to and say, I'd like to start titrating off of these pharmaceuticals because many of them are addicting, mm -hmm. many of them can compromise our liver, be right. hard on our kidneys. Many of them can interfere with our dream recall. And mm -hmm. since dream can be such an important factor in our mental health. So, um, you know, or again, I, I do have a private practice and I meet with people and I, you know, have them. I was bring just going to ask, yeah, if you're doing yeah, that. Do all, you do it over Zoom as well? So it can be international. I do, I do it over Zoom, but, you know, if people are local, I'll meet with them in person. And, mm -hmm. you know, I love doing that. And that way, if I can Zoom with them, I can, you know, get an idea of their constitution and their... Yeah. See their eyes. Yeah. Their voice and all of that. But um, so uh, some drugs, you can't just stop them cold turkey. You right. have to gradually decrease. But it might be that using a homeopathic remedy could be a nice adjunct to decreasing the drugs. And so every drug has its own story. And I do follow, you know, protocol. As I said, I worked for, um, for many years in a pharmacy. Um, mm -hmm. And so I'm always inquisitive. The pharmaceuticals are not the tools that I use, but I do want to be aware of interactions and I do my best to be on top of that. But yeah. um, 
I, I'm always going to direct people towards the herbs, but have respect that if they're on medications, it might need to be let go of gradually. Same thing with antidepressants. Like if someone is on uh, Prozac or some other selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor, you don't want to just put herbs on top of that. It might be like too much. It might make them too happy or maybe right. put them in a bipolar state. And and there's a problem with too happy. Uh, <laughs> I haven't seen it. <laughs> I know. <laughs> you know, I, I need to jump back to the essential oils for a minute. I meant to ask you while we were talking about it. What about taking them internally? I know a lot of people take them internally, and that's... I think people should really be cautious about that. And I'm not a big advocate for people that have not really been trained in aromatherapy. There's a lot of brands that could be extracted with chemical solvents mm -hmm. like hexane and benzene. That's a definite no. I know there's two brands. Um, you know, my daughter Rainbow, my other daughter, you know, sells doTERRA essential oils. And they recommend, you know, that some of them are suitable for internal use. But I think that that's, um, they're very, very strong and very concentrated. And it's right. easy for that to go wrong. So I take the approach of being, you know, erring on the side of caution. So I, um, you know, I might put a drop of tea tree oil in water and gargle with it for a sore throat. I actually auditioned for the TV show Survivor twice. And, uh, <laughs> Did you? Wow. I would have loved to have watched you on there. <laughs> I would have been great on that show. But when Jeff Probe said, what would your one comfort item from home be? I said, I'd like to bring a bottle of tea tree oil because I thought with that, I could, you know, fight toenail fungus and put it on bug bites and repel right. bugs prevent head lice and gargle with it for sore I'd be the hero. Maybe I would win and it would lead to my own spinoff wild food show. Um, but as it turns out, I'm going to get my own wild food show um, uh, anyway. So, Oh, you got to well, tell me about that. You, you, I, yeah. I will. Um, it's not um, ready yet. I'm still in the oh, okay. Let um, me know when you when you're ready. Yeah, when then you when you can come out and talk about that. That would be fascinating. But so essential oils are fine putting them on your skin and they are they transdermal? They're very transdermal and some of them could be too strong to put on your skin undiluted. Okay. Like it should be added to something a carrier oil like almond oil or grapeseed oil. I like to use coconut oil. Um, mm -hmm. But if for example, um, my daughter Rainbow had a, a burn on her hand and she put oil of oregano on it and it burned it even more and made uh, it worse. Yeah. Um, so lavender and tea tree oil are considered more benign for topical applications, but you don't want to get them in your eyes, your mucous membranes. Um, so that so it takes some education and I encourage people to you know read more about it, um, take a class, read books about it. Um, get your books yeah your this book that you the new book yeah and then and I do you'll talk about that in there what i do talk a lot about essential oils like just smelling an essential oil so we talked about stress so let's say i'm yeah. super stressed oh my god i'm late there's so much traffic oh my mm -hmm. god my kid's driving me nuts um the dog ran away this morning uh so just smelling an essential oil gets you to breathe. And I always say, would you rather go down freak out freeway or, <laughs> yeah, right. or rosemary road or rose, uh, you know, rose road? 
out. So um, it, it's an immediate way of going right to your brain. So they're very strong and concentrated. So people right. should um, know what they're doing when they use them. Is there something in us innately that would know this information? In other words, I smell rose and it immediately calms me. Should I then think, go get rose? <laughs> you know, is there something innate in us that recognizes or even, you know, in our gut that, that is left over from thousands of years ago that understands this? Well, we do know that aroma is one of nature's way of communicating with us. It can mm -hmm. tell us like, oh, the milk turned sour or the toast is burning or something like that. But um, we do know that flowers are produce aromas to attract pollinators and to detract predators. It's not just, you know, yeah. uh, the creator made the flowers to smell nice just for our pleasure. They really have a lot of messages. And so we could say that the essential oils of the plants are part of the plant's immune system. So if the, you know, oregano plant has its stem broken because it has a strong aroma, that's going to help that plant from not being permeated by pathogens and viruses and uh, die off. And it might actually, um, so the essential oils are messages, they're chemical messengers that we can use. But, you know, rose, it's the most expensive essential yeah. oil. <laughs> yeah. So it could, you know, be diluted, but um, because it is so precious, mm -hmm. um, I think that most people have a positive connotation with it but again it could be very individual but smell you know how do mother penguins find their baby or how do you know a mother rabbit know which one is hers or um they even had a thing about they put a whole bunch of sweaty men's t-shirts in a room <laughs> and the women had to find which one was their their partners right um, and how did that work out um i think that th there was a supposedly the women were able to identify which one was their partner's smell. Wow. So, uh, yeah. Something called, you know, pheromones. And so the smells mm -hmm. that we get off, and we certainly know that if someone doesn't smell right, it could be an indication that maybe their body is suffering from, you know, diabetes or cancer. So right. smell, it's not just smell, it's a sign, you know, and again, someone maybe ha always has terrible breath. It mm -hmm. may be that they're, trying to eat something that is really not beneficial for them. And it's coming from the inside and it's an indication like, you know, maybe dairy or cheese or ice cream is not really to Their your thing. Yeah. 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 Um, how about the light, uh, the colors rather using color? Cause I, I remember like 25 years ago, people were actually out activating actively using color um as healers and they had big big lights and, and color wheels that would go on top of that do you remember that i do remember let me yeah. see if i can grab something really quick here okay here we go here's my little box of um <laughs> <laughs> my little box so um there's a lot of ways we can use color oh, we okay. could um get color therapy glasses Mm -hmm. And one of the things I, I went to Santa Fe with the, with the seven girlfriends and yeah. we spent the day, everyone took a turn wearing a different color glass for 20 minutes. And then we would exchange them 
Well, that was a great idea. Yeah. Fun. It makes for some great photographs and great fun. Right. Um, we, could wear, we could wear a color. We, you know, I actually usually wear a different color every day of the week, Barb. My closet is like a rainbow. And mm. so today when we're recording this, it's uh, lundi, uh, lunes, or, mar, or um, lundi, um, moon day. Monday mm -hmm. comes from moon day. So I tend to wear blue or yellow on moon day. And tomorrow, martes is, you know, red. Um, so I tend to wear a different color every day of the week. Um, but what do, like red, what you put, just put on red glasses, what does that do for you? Well, red is energizing. So let's say you need more motivation, like, oh, I've got to like clean the house. I would tell my kids, you know, even though they probably skipped gym class a good part of the semester, when it came to field day, I'd say you're going to wear red and I want you to visualize something red at the end of the finish line. And they would like, you know, get blue and red ribbons. So yellow yeah. is really good for mental alertness. So just like I talked about uh, smelling rosemary when you want to be smart, I'm, I read a lot and I highlight in yellow. Yellow is a good color for cerebral stimulus. And mm -hmm. one day I was supposed to go to this business meeting and I was hoping the owners of the company would like send me on this business trip to LA. And so I wore yellow. Um, you know, so we do know that babies cry more in a yellow room because yellow is very activating to the nervous oh, wow. system. It's also yeah. the most visible of colors. You can see yellow in the daylight and you can see it at night. That's probably why taxis used to be yellow. We mm -hmm. do know that blue is a calming color. Probably that's why we, um, you know, often would make little boys' rooms blue. It has a calming effect. Um, left to my own devices, I would probably just wear purple all the time. You can see I, I like purple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. It's really good for uh, spiritual enhancement, mm -hmm. meditation, connecting to divine source. I might use purple. It would be a great color for clergy to wear or people that were spiritual counselors. <clears throat> so red is more, um, you know, sexual, survival, highly visible. Um, green is right there in the middle. Here, I have another little tool here. This is a little doll called Ragananda Ananda. <laughs> doll, she was around way before people knew what chakras and all of that was, mm -hmm. but it's a great way to teach children. So green is right there in the middle, and green is a good color for healing. So let's say you're healing from trauma or, or you know, healing from surgery, you know, maybe having a green blanket or a green um, you know, pajamas. I really love that doctors and nurses are not just wearing white all the time. White is so sterile, but you know, yeah. green could be a great color for healers. Um, when my daughter Rainbow had asthma, I learned that um, orange was a great color. Um, green is also, but orange is a great color for healing the lungs. So I fed her lots of orange foods, sweet potatoes, mangoes, pumpkin, um, winter squash. I put, um, at the time, coral wasn't really um, endangered like it is now, but she wore right. a coral, an orange coral necklace. I put an orange light bulb in her room and I dressed her in orange pajamas. And mm -hmm. then I also uh, would do some diffusing of orange essential oil in the room. Wow. Um, 
And, you know, she no longer, she learned to do yoga breathing when she was like six and overcame asthma. But we could be using color as a therapy. So it's what we wear, what we decorate with, the lighting, the foods. And we could even say an essential oil often represents the color. So, um, you know, you could think about like peppermint and fir and pine would correspond to the element of green and that lemon would be a oil that corresponds to um, the solar plexus or stomach chakra. So anyways, I love working with color, aroma, and that's something I'm trying to share with people in my book, Natural Remedies for Mental and Emotional Health. Like it's not only drugs that can help you, there's things that are so simple, that are so effective, that have been used by millions of people that there's a lot of research on that you could do yourself. Uh -huh. And it's so easy. Like this is empowering yourself. Um, you know, one of my friends said, Brigitte, I have high blood pressure, but my doctor's going to get it down. And I thought, well, shouldn't you help? You know, <laughs> yeah. well, don't be so only, passive. Yeah. <laughs> only the doctor that can get it down. Maybe you should try meditation. Maybe you should try listening to calmer music. Mm -hmm. Maybe you should like watch really stressful things on TV, even fast. Or cut music. out caffeine. Cut out caffeine. Um, yeah. Absolutely. So there's so many things that you can do, but somehow we've given the power of our health over to someone else. Not that those people can't help us, but there are choices that we make every day that can have a huge effect on our well-being and our happiness. Yeah. What do you think that is? Laziness or lack of knowledge or both? <laughs> our propaganda. Oh, you know? true. Yeah, that's true. Because I, I do want to take it. But I, I do know because a lot of my friends are doctors that very often people don't want to make a change. Mm -hmm. They are only willing to take a pill. And if you, if your doctor says, but I need you to quit smoking, I need you to lose right. 10 pounds. I need you to drink less alcohol. Um, well, doctor, I don't, I'm just willing to give me a pill. Um, because we're often habituated or even addicted to a lot of these practices. So natural medicine is for people that are motivated, but it's also <laughs> great joy because it's an opportunity to love yourself more. And when we're supporting natural methods like herbal medicine or essential oils or flower yeah. essences, somewhere there's going to be, you know, fields of roses and uh, beautiful plants growing that are humming with the activity of birds and bees and butterflies. And to me, our planet is very sick mm. and people are very sick. So you have the uh, synchronicity of, I forget that the wording, but where the earth will support you and herbs will grow by you that you need. What is that a, called? Well, you know, one that's, term of it, we could say um, the doctrine of signatures. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm fascinated by that actually. I love that. Like the plants often yeah. tell us what they're what? good for by the way they grow. And so, for example, seeds are good mm -hmm. for sexuality and reproduction. And a lot of plants and food plants are being made seedless. Even yeah. if they have a seed, they won't grow. And I'll tell you. The terminator seeds, right? Yeah. Exactly. And that like, you know, um, when my daughters lived at home and they would have their menstrual cycle, I would make them borscht, which is a beet, a blood red beet soup that doesn't have blood in it, beets and purple cabbage, and it builds your blood. Uh, 
cauliflower is really good for the brain but we could also say plants that are ever present that are growing everywhere might be saying to us use me lots I'm free. Right. I'm everywhere. like dandelion, <laughs> like dandelion. Yeah, but I'm I'm fascinated by that that the that the earth will actually give you the herbs that you need. You know, it'll grow. It'll grow around you. It's that the imprint of the divine is on all living things. Mm -hmm. And so, when my daughter Rainbow first went to Hollywood. Um, she was told she she um, was told by her yoga teacher, Mom, my yoga teacher says I need to get more grounded. How do I get more grounded? And I said, eat more roots. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Carrots, burdock root, parsnips, roots go, grow deep in the earth. And, um, you know, it's true. You know, she probably went out there like, oh, I'm just going to live off of fruit smoothies, which are yeah, delicious. Yeah. But like you want to be like a fruit cake or a nut case, like yeah. you, uh, you yeah. get grounded. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, and that makes sense. It makes a lot of sense in your book, which we haven't touched on, and we only have two minutes. So I'm afraid I just want to mention them. You talk about trauma and grief, and there seem to be a lot of people walking around with unresolved traumas. I mean, they don't have to be you know, war, PTSD, but they seem to have traumas that they can't let go of or something or, you know, somehow open up for healing. You know, it just seems like there's an awful lot of traumas. Minor, so I, I hate to call trauma minor in any way, but you know what I mean. It's you know? huge. People will carry it around with them for the rest of their lives. Right, so right. It is one of the things that I talk about in natural remedies for mental mm -hmm. and emotional health is um, healing from trauma. I, as you know, the color green is good for healing from trauma. I also tell people write every detail of the bad thing that happened that you can remember because otherwise you end up telling it over and over and over again. And, oh, it was so terrible. Um, yeah. But psychedelic therapy is one of the things that's being found to be very helpful and i do see a number of clients who say wow i've been carrying that around for 40 years and today i realize i'm holding i'm still carrying it but i realized today that was then it's not happening now and i just put that down i just let that I just let that go. So sometimes a big spiritual aha, which can happen from a, a, a safe and sacred use of psychedelic therapy could be an opportunity to just let it go and realize you can let go of it. And almost everyone has some kind of trauma. And it's right. possible during the psychedelic session, someone might remember a trauma that they had forgotten. I certainly see that a lot. Um, so there are techniques and things that can help us heal. I'm also big on giving people the homework assignment of make a list of all the things you love about yourself, all the things that you're grateful for, all the blessings that you have, because it's really easy to let the, the trauma or the bad thing be the focus. And yet there might be so many things that are not that trauma. Um, right, right. And, and what can we do so we are safer so that doesn't happen again? Mm -hmm. um, all right. We're, we're at the end. I hate to come to the end because there were about I was about to ask you about four more questions. And I thought, oh, we're at the end here. But will you tell everybody where they can get hold of you and what you have coming up and where they can get your book? Everything. 
Yeah, you can find me at brigittemars.com. I'm French-Canadian, so you spell it B-R-I-G-I-T-T-E-M-A-R-S. All my books are available on Amazon. They're available on brigittemars.com. And support your local bookstores or we're not going to have them anymore. Um, And so I have all kinds of, um, you know, 17 books out there. And what I have coming up is I teach a 10-week class. I also am teaching so many places, Boulder, Denver, um, Rise and Tides. Salon, Kripalu, yeah, all over, yeah. Yeah, all over the country, it looks like. Well, that's great. And it's all on your website. It is. Bob, yeah. thank you so much for having me on your wonderful show. It's thank a you for being here. And I hope we get to chat again. I hope so, too. I hope to see you soon. <laughs> Thanks, Brigitte. Take care. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Peace. Thank you for joining us for Metaphysics, A View Through the Veil. Please tune in for another edition with your host, Barb Crowley, next Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your upcoming weekend.